right, welcome into the NFL DFS Strategy Show, courtesy of No House Advantage. We will be diving into a seven-play ticket on NHA for Thursday Night Football. Myself, Greg Ehrenberg, Mike Awesome Yo is producing, and we appreciate you out there just hanging with us as we build this ticket. It's Thursday Night Football, more of the, I think, original theme of what we've had to deal with, which is just try to get through a game and finding some value on the surface, maybe getting a little lucky past week. Greg, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, it's, crazy uh, you, week in the NFL. As as always, you, me. It, this is how crazy because we were talking about this briefly beforehand. There was a story that Henry Ruggs killed somebody drunk driving, driving 156 miles per hour. Nobody's even talking about that anymore. Oh. That is old news, and it happened yesterday. I we know moved that. on to you know we moved on to Aaron Rodgers, and you know something that we didn't realize was still going to be carrying over to this week. But last week we had you know half the receiving core for for the for the Packers had COVID. Now that spread Darren Rogers, and now he's got his uh, all his homeopathic medications and that and and whatnot. So that's become a whole big story. And then on top of it, we've got Thursday night football with uh, Mike White and the Jets. <laughs> that's right. Not to sell Mike White and the Jets and that offensive explosion short last week, but a couple of big stories, as you mentioned, from Rugs to Rogers, have knocked that off. But look, that's why we're here trying to get involved in building this winning ticket. And I feel feel like we've been pretty successful identifying some props and kind of moving where we can identify the best value across the board, position by position. You can only play one guy, a no-house advantage. I don't think that you're loading up on Mike White props on Thursday night. It's going to be one. And then also, we always love to test Greg's confidence level here on a play because as you know, or maybe you're new to No House Advantage and you're thinking, well, what do I do? Sign up, use our code $25 match. You have seven slots from seven points all the way down to one. And that's where we get real insight as well as confidence like that Venn diagram from Greg. All right, my friend, let's jump in and let's start with a quarterback position. We can kind of bounce around and it's nice to have, at least as we talked last week, a bunch of guys down. It's nice to have somewhat of a healthy idea of who's playing. Let's look at Mike White, and then we'll go to Carson Wentz. The passing yards is still, Greg, it's still what it was last week at 205 and a half. Yeah, and it's funny because if you look at a lot of sports books, because I did a, a show on the Awesome Lodge channel with Ben Rossa, and we're talking about some of the odds and at least traditional sports books. They, I thought, way overreacted yes. to what Mike White did last week. And you, you're seeing Mike White like 260, 265 passing yards, the over under for his prop scores. Mike White last week came out of nowhere, was ridiculously good, throws for over 400 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, but apparently, no house advantage has uh, been a little more reasonable with what they expect from Mike White. But that number's too low. I think what we're seeing from a lot of just traditional sports books is the number is too high. Yep. No house advantage, it's too low. We have Mike White projected for 251.2 passing yards. Something else to consider here. The Jets are 10 and a half point underdogs in the Colts. And maybe that line is a little bit too wide on a short week with this game being played on Thursday. But we're going to fully be expecting the Jets being to play from behind on Thursday night. And that's going to mean more pass attempts for Mike White. The Jets clearly don't have an issue with letting this guy throw the ball. He threw the ball 45 times last week. His first game he played the week before, he, played, he threw the ball 32 times. Uh, so he doesn't have to be massively efficient. He's going to throw the ball 35, 40 times to be able to go for just over 202 passing yards. So I, I like the over there quite a bit. Yeah, we have it here in PA at 255 and a half pretty much 
near consensus. And, and you mentioned what we have on Osimo as far as his projections. That's a little sharper of a number. So to your point, to take advantage of this now, is this a, I don't even need to hear anything else across the board, lock it in as a seven point play, or you want to maybe six, five and leave a little wiggle room? Um, you know, I think it's a pretty high confidence interval, but we don't know what else is in store for us. But I will say that amongst all of the Mike White props we have here, right. uh, you know, I, I think the passing yard is the best one to go with. And the certainly interception or the, what is the interception? One and a half each. Yep. One, one. So yeah, I think both of those are about fair, pretty much in line with what we have for projected props. So I think that is the one to go with. There's the overpassing yards from Mike White. Yeah, I mean, it stands to reason. He'll be throwing more chances for interceptions, also a chance just to get Corey Davis hit somebody on a touchdown. So why tempt fate when you have that number from a passing yardage being so down? Now, speaking of 255 and a half, that's exactly where we have Carson Wentz for his passing yards. We also have the one and a half passing touchdowns and the interceptions, which is now dropped to a half of pick. Yeah, so I think the yards is is pretty close to to being fair. The touchdowns may be a little bit low, but given some of the decision making we've seen lately from Carson Wentz, I think we have to hit the over on the interceptions prop. Now I know that uh, I know you being a, a man from Philadelphia, I'm, I'm sure that you are well versed in some of the obscure decisions that Carson Wentz can make, uh, particularly in in parts of the game that are pivotal. Uh, but we've seen some really odd decisions from uh, as of late. That game against the Tennessee Titans, he threw a pair of interceptions. We've also seen some odd fumbles from him. Now, he's actually been fairly cautious with the football this year. He's only thrown three interceptions for the season, but still coming off the three-interception game, fumbles have also been an issue for him. I I'm going to take the over .5 interceptions, and even in a plus matchup against the Jets, I still think we see Carson Wentz make at least one catastrophic head-scratching mistake at some point. I love it. Short week. And you can't expect anything like last week just to be an anomaly by any means. He has the propensity to make terrible decisions and just to hand the ball to somebody on your own two yard line like that for a touchdown at a score. That type of decision making isn't going away. And it's at a half now one and a half. It's a little different, right? To sit like that number with Mike White. But no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there all right let's look at a bunch of running backs here we have four to choose from two on each side we'll start with the jets and again hit that thumbs up button you're hanging with us on the nfl dfs show courtesy of no house advantage and on top of that use our promo code awesome and we're going to match your first deposit up to 25 dollars, which is pretty good as you see these Contests are all affordable and very maneuverable with $50, your 25 and our 25. Michael Carter, 50 and a half rushing touch or yards, pardon me, and a half. Yeah, that would be 50 and a half rushing yards and a half rushing touchdown. Yeah, this this seems pretty fair to me relative to what we've projected for me. I haven't projected a little bit higher, but I'm, I'm worried about the game script here. And if the Jets are, you know, they are 10 and a half point underdogs, it seems fairly likely they're going to get behind at some point in this game. I just think there's a pretty good chance there's going to be a lot of short dump-off passes to Michael Carter or Ty Johnson, and they're not going to be running the ball, the ball very much in the second half. So I, I think that the odds of him going over the rushing yard seems a little bit too risky for me. But you also said uh, .5 was the over-under for a rushing touchdown. Touchdowns, correct, yeah. yeah. I feel really good about the under for that for the same exact reason. If we don't think the Jets are going to be running the ball all that often – uh, I mean, it's he's just as likely to score a touchdown receiving as he is running the football, and I think the Jets are probably going to be throwing the ball more than running. So 
I actually, at, fir- at first thought, I was like, those seem about fair. We only have, we do Michael Carter projected for 0.27 rushing touchdowns. Uh, but I actually, I feel pretty comfortable taking the under there as like a three or four point play. All right. So speaking of the narrative or the game script about throwing the football more, especially as we talked about the spread being fairly wide and also the Jets just being down, Ty Johnson, 25 and a half rushing yards. What I'm more interested from you, though, is the receiving yards. He's gone over this number three straight weeks, 15 and a half. Yeah, 15 and a half is a pretty low number. Um, it, it is about what we have him projected for. But with that in mind, like you said, he's he's been higher than that as of late. And there has been more of an effort to get him. And also one of the reasons right. there have been more of an effort to get involved in the basket, the Jets are always losing. So they're in they're in situations where it's favorable to be passing the football. And he is the he is the pass catching back, but it's not just that he's gone over in three games in a row. Look at the targets in the last couple of games for, for Johnson. Last week, six targets, catches five of them for 71 yards. The week before that, seven targets, catches six of them for 65 yards. And I think that that is something we should be looking at with Todd Johnson. It's not just that he's hit the over two, uh, three weeks in a row. It's that the, the overall volume has been so high the last couple of weeks. So that does look like it's something that's become more of a part of the Jets game plan. Earlier in the year, Ty Johnson was only getting, you know, two, three targets per game, but we're seeing that volume up now. So I'm going to agree with you. Uh, over 15 and a half, it's a pretty low mark. Yeah, and if that number was not there and you just, let's say, had the 25 and a half rushing yards, I might be inclined to go under that. But again, this is where, uh, you know, talking about no house advantage and going through these shows with you, Greg, just seeing the difference of value and, and looking at what makes sense versus what, especially with the rushing yards, you know, fading something that's still one, maybe two big yards or big carries can be the difference. Let's flip to the other side here. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines here. Let, let's start with Taylor and look at his rushing yards. 80 and a half rushing yards for Taylor. Now, this is rushing, not any time. This is a half of a rushing touchdown for Taylor. Yeah, I'm going to take the over for rushing touchdowns for Taylor. I I, I have a slight lean towards the over for rushing yards as well, but I feel a little bit better about the rushing touchdowns just because once again, I think this is a game script that sets up really well for the Colts to be running the ball, particularly in the fourth quarter. And we've seen Jonathan Taylor. He's either first or second in the league. I forget exactly what is off the top of my head in terms of red zone carries this year. And that is something where I think we're going to see the Colts in the red zone. I think that given some of the decision-making we've seen from Carson Wentz lately, this team gets inside the five yard line. So they give him the ball to Jonathan Taylor, letting Carson Wentz roll out and, and throw the ball. I think they're going to be uh, running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. He has rushed for six touchdowns so far this year, and they've all come in the last five games. So first three games, no rushing touchdowns for Jonathan Taylor. Since then, one against the Dolphins, one against the Ravens, two against the Texans, one against the 49ers, one against the Titans. So I think we're looking at that as more of an effort to get the ball to Jonathan Taylor in the red zone when they're close to scoring. So uh, I think we make it. I think we make it a six game in a row. The rushing touchdown for Jonathan Taylor is the number too high at eighty and a half to to fade, or is it just too sharp to play? It is more to do with I just like the rushing touchdowns better. So I would have I would have no problem just because of the game script going over the rushing yards if we were allowed to pick multiple props. Sure. Uh, but it's just not necessary. I'd rather go with the over uh, half rushing touchdown. All right, let's look at Hines here, and especially as we know that Titans game, not anywhere near anything here he's projected with as far as on the ground. 
but not really a factor or, or necessary of a factor. Passing game gets a little more interesting, like we talked about with Ty Johnson. Let's look at his rushing yards, 20 and a half rushing yards, and the same number applies to receiving yards where maybe you can make an argument there's a little bit more, I don't even know if volume is the word, Craig, but maybe just a little bit more attention to him in that realm of the game. Yeah, I, I'll go with the under for Naheem, Yar, uh, for Naheem Hines receiving yards, and you know, it, it's not something I feel super confident with because it is such a low number, but once again, we're just playing to the game script here, and we have to say, what is the situation where they're going to really need to use Naheem Hines a lot? I don't think the Colts are going to be playing from behind. I don't think they have to run a whole bunch of screen passes to Hines in this game. So I, I would take Hines under his receiving yards, but once again, really low confidence, and we're talking like a one- or two-point play just because all it takes is one missed tackle by the Jets' defense, one broken coverage or something like that, and all of a sudden Hines, hey, 25-yard play hits the over. So low confidence interval, but hit the under, once again, just because it fits in with the game script that we're working with here. Which one did you have more confidence in? Was it your Carter rushing touchdowns at a half play or the Ty Johnson receiving yards at 15 and a half? Uh, the the uh, Michael Carter rushing. Okay. Johnson was was less. It sounded like you had both, so I didn't know if it was like a hair split of, you know, a six to five but it sounded like now in your response that maybe there is a little more confidence in the Carter rushing, which makes more sense, to be honest with you, that that would hit. But I just didn't know where you had Ty Johnson across the board as far as a confidence play. I think I said, I don't remember the exact number I said, but I think I said like five or six points for Carter oh, okay. and then and then like two or three for Ty Johnson. Got it. Okay, yeah. Carter definitely made more sense that it was up there. Just you know, keeping along with the ticket here that yeah. we're building, that Mike Awesome Yo here is building in the background with us. All right. So now we have wide receiver props to look at, and then we'll end of course with the tight ends here on no house advantage. Only one tight end that we have here. And that's Mo Alley Cox. But before that, a bunch of wide receivers. And again, take advantage of this promo code we have for you at awesome. on no house advantage. And we're going to match your first deposit up to $25. All we ask hit that thumbs up button and Make sure you're subscribed here to the Awesome DFS channel. So let's start with Cole. Keelan Cole here. We've got five guys to get through from Cole, Moore, Crowder, Pascal, and then Pittman at the end. So we'll save the best for last here. Cole, low numbers, 25 and a half receiving yards, one and a half receptions. And I remind you, as you've made this statement many times on this show, you don't have to play everything by any means. No, and in fact, because you can only pick seven for one game slate. And we actually have... Here's something that's different about this game versus the other games. We've been on a stretch where everybody's been injured in these games. So it was like right. we weren't able to play any of the Packers props last week, and we only had a handful of players to choose from. So I think here I could say, like, hey, here's some of my leans here, ones who if even if it isn't my most confident play, it's something if you play multiple lineups, here's something you could pivot in or out. So I like Keelan Cole for over one and a half receptions. We haven't projected for about two and a half on the site right now. And it's once again, if the Jets are going to be throwing the ball a lot with Mike White, he threw the ball over 40 times last week. Two weeks ago, he threw the ball over 30 times. It's just not that hard for Keelan Cole to end up catching two of those passes. So that's the number I feel the best about with Keelan Cole is over. It's once again, not one that I think is a must play, but it, it is one that I feel decently good about. So Keelan Cole, two plus catches. I think that's a good number. Now we went over the two and a half, was it 200 or 205, I think, right? And a half for... Matt White, the quarterback for the Jets, as far Mike as White. 
Mike Wilson. Not that, not, not that it matters. His, I mean, his parents don't know what his name is. <laughs> no, like, that's a yeah. good point. It's M. White on the back yeah. of his jersey. But we went over that, but we still have him projected, you know, 250, 255 on Osimo. So at some point, these numbers are going to add up. Elijah Moore is at 40 and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions, which seemed maybe a little high. But again, to your point about the game script, we do expect Matt, Mike, whoever the hell it is, White, to be throwing the football. Yeah, uh, t- Tim, uh, Tim Johnson. It might, it might it's just just standard uh, NPC created player name <laughs> exactly. insert here. Uh, but that's a really high number for Elijah Moore. Yeah. Who, I mean, if if you look at his his receiving yards this year, sure he had sixty seven last week against the Bengals. But keep in mind, we we had White threw for a gazillion yards in this game. He threw for over four hundred yards. And so ultimately, yes, 67 receiving yards for Elijah Moore. But before that, 13 receiving yards, 0, 22, 47, negative three. He was targeted four times with negative three yards against the Carolina Panthers. So we've seen Elijah Moore go under that number way more often than he's gone over it. If you look at what we have projected for him on the site, uh, we don't have Elijah Moore projected out of a very prolific game. We have him projected to have 1.45 catches for 17.8 yards in this game. So I think some of the unders here on Elijah Moore makes sense. And it's still, I, I, I don't feel that confident in, in Mike White as the, as the quarterback for him. I know that it was a good game last week, but I don't think that's going to hold up necessarily going forward. And the Jets have a lot of trash mediocre wide receivers to throw to. I know some people are kind of high on, on Elijah Moore's young wide receiver prospect, but he hasn't shown us much this year. But there's still Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, Keelan Cole. There's Elijah Moore. We know that they like to get Tyler Johnson involved. They also got Ryan Griffin to go to as a tight end. There's a lot of guys they could throw to here. So it's hard for me to think that any one guy is going to be the guy. So give me the under on Elijah Moore. Yeah, we've seen Thursday night, humble, better offenses, better quarterbacks on the road. Why should White and this Jets team be any exception to it? You mentioned Corey Davis. He's not on this. And I think that's something that we should be, we do. And and I think a lot of times if there's a name that's missing, it's important to factor in because Corey Davis is not a fourth or fifth string receiver. If you're factoring Elijah Moore or Jamison Crowder, we'll get to right now, 45 and a half, four and a half receptions. You still have to factor in, right, Corey Davis and what, how big of an impact you think Davis will have in this game plan. Well, the other thing, too, is we don't know if Davis is going to play. He missed last week's game. He's dealing with a hip injury. He hasn't practiced. According to him, he feels good, and he thinks he's going to play. But uh, NFL players, maybe not the best sources to go with this information. They always think they're good to play. Like, exactly. you get a guy, yeah, yeah, they'll show up looking like Oscar Pistorius with no legs on him. He's like, hey, I'm good to, I'm good to go. There's nothing wrong with me. So, I, I mean, we still need more information on Corey Davis. I assume that is why No House Advantage didn't include him in the player pool, just because they don't want the confusion if Corey Davis ends up getting ruled out. So, uh, just not too much else to talk about here because he isn't in there right now. Right. So, looking at someone like Crowder, if in the event that Corey Davis does get ruled in, I don't know how much that's impacting. Example, Crowder's at 45 and a half receiving yards four and a half receptions talked about how the numbers could be high for more. Are those numbers high for Crowder? I think they're about fair with the caveat of if Corey Davis does ultimately get ruled out, then there's more usage, there's more targets and there's more snaps go around the Jets offense. So I think those numbers for Crowder are about fair, but it would look favorable if uh, we ultimately see Corey Davis out and also circling back on Elijah Moore. The same thing goes for him where I like the unders for Elijah Moore, but they probably be stay aways if Corey Davis ultimately gets ruled out just because it's, it's more it's more opportunity that opens up in the Jets offense. 
right, let's flip to the other side here with the Colts. We only have two guys to look at. Zach Pascal, and then we'll end with Mike Pittman here. Pascal's at 30 and a half receiving yards. Low number at two and a half receptions. Wonder if either of those are workable. Maybe an over on the receptions? I have a slight lean towards the over on both, but I feel a little bit stronger about the over on receptions. I'm going to agree with what you said there. Uh, we have them projected for a little over three and a half receptions on the site. And something else to consider, T.Y. Hilton out again. His return yeah. did not last very long. Like T.Y. Hilton on the injured list comes back, plays like, I don't even know, know what it was. Off. So he played like eight plays and all of a sudden T.Y. Hilton's hurt again. Shocking. Uh, but but I think we have Zach Pascal priced as if T.Y. Hilton was going to be in this game. So I think the numbers really across the board look a little bit too low for Pascal. But yeah, give me the over for receptions. That's a great point right there. And and I imagine our, and this is why you continue to go back and forth from what you have available on site with Awesome before you're making any play on No House Advantage, as Greg does each and every week. But I imagine our projections factor in more with T.Y. Hilton out, correct? Yeah, our projections, have, our, our projections have, you know, all at least the, the most recent is Corey Davis. We don't know just because sure, you know, we don't have a, we don't have a magic ball. We don't know if he's going to be in or out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, our projections are right now accounting for T.Y. Hilton being out and that adjusts the target share and the snaps that the Colts wide receivers are expected to play. Where something like no house advantage, the same thing we see with on DraftKings or FanDuel. When the pricing comes out, it doesn't change because somebody gets ruled out. If Anthony Davis is ruled out, LeBron James doesn't go from being priced at 9800 to 10400 whatever. The price is the price. That's the same deal here. So the pricing for some of these Colts receivers was probably made with the idea of, hey, T.Y. Hilton's going to be playing on Thursday. And T.Y. Hilton's like, hey, not so fast. I'm made of dust. I'm not going to be out there on Thursday. <laughs> so, so that's why the, the numbers are a little low looking on Zach Pascal, in my opinion. Uh, Pittman's at 70 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receptions. Those numbers are pretty high, especially. Well, I don't know if the receiving yardage actually is high. Reception seems a little high for the game script that we've built where the Colts are going to be up and maybe not needing to throw as much. Yeah, I really like Michael Pittman. He's had a really good year, and especially we could we could assume a lot of the volume is going to be funneled towards him uh, continually now that T.Y. Hilton is hurt again. But I'm a little concerned when you have numbers that are this substantial with the game script where the Colts just might not have to throw the ball very much in the third and fourth quarter. Michael Pittman last week in a game that went to overtime was a tight game against the Titans. He was targeted 15 times. He had 10 catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns. It's just not a great game script for the Colts to have to throw the ball a ton. So I, I don't feel really good about him going the over on the receptions or on the passing yards. But at the same time, the Jets defense is bad enough and Pittman's good enough. They don't want to take the unders either. So this is one guy who I'm just going to stay away from. It makes sense. I, it, it's a very tempting thing to do to bite into that under apple of receptions just because of the game script. But quick passes, like it's not difficult for Carson Wentz's favorite target to get six grabs, even in a close game to a blowout to your point. Yeah, so I agree. I, I think that's the smart call here, especially because, and I credit your patience, because you haven't even heard the Mo Ali Cox props that we're going to end on, Greg. Let's look at 30 and a half receiving yards or two and a half grabs for Mr. Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, those look, you know, really close to what our projections sharp, have from now. Right? What's that? Those are pretty sharp projections for him. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, his game sucked last week. He was targeted four times, he caught zero of those passes. But once again, Mo Alley Cox, he's been pretty involved in the Colts offense this year. And it's it's a number that once again I feel like I want to I just want to stay away from the really low totals. 
it's a it's a bad matchup against the Jets. We also don't know how much the Colts are going to have to throw the ball. So yeah, there's there's nothing that I see is a, is a real value. The only thing I would say is like a, a two point play at most. I could be talked into going over his receptions. You mentioned the four targets, he, three, three, four, five. That's five straight games of three targets, three plus targets. There's something there at the very least that that I could be talked into. But if you're not even opening up that door of conversation, then who am I to by any means? No, and the other thing too is like we we're talking about this game compared to a, a bunch of the other recent shows you and I have done. We have way more players to choose from. This isn't a situation where yep. one team's entire listed receiving core is out for the game. So there's a lot of options to choose for. I don't really think we have to look too hard at any of these fringe type plays. All right, we appreciate everybody hanging with us. Mike, if you can, real quick, that big page of the final ticket that you just had up, just because of, of, all right, so there it is. And that's what we've built right there at the top. Zach Pascal, the over, the two and a half receptions. That matches uh, your, your seven-point confidence? No, not at all. Okay. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. It, it doesn't matter. And I'm just curious because... If you look at that play, that's everything that we've built by all means. So beyond the point attribution that Greg has for each play, those are everything that we built. I just want to show everybody one more time there what Greg built here throughout. And you can do that. And again, you can't choose everybody multiple times and you're always going to have an opportunity to leave people out. So don't feel rushed or forced that you have to jam a play in, especially if it's Mo Ali Cox at the end. All right, my friend, at G. Ehrenberg, DFS, at Shander Show for me. Thanks to Mike. Awesome, yo. We'll be back next week. Better game, you think? I haven't looked ahead on the schedule, but I doubt it. <laughs> me neither. I, I hope you had. <laughs> I just <laughs> threw it to you, hoping that maybe you had. We'll see you all. Have a great week. Thanks to No House Advantage. Use our promo code, Awesome, $25 match. Good night.